This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another live episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. It's Kelsey, and as always, I'm joined by my guy, DJ. DJ, we've finally, we're just going to get into it, because we, we don't really have a whole lot of time, because we had a whole lot of bowl games to get picked into, because it's, well, it's Christmas season. It's Christmas season, if you will. But first, we have some Heisman candidates. We finally know our finalists, and that's going to lead us into the tip-off, then. And tip-off is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. If you guys haven't checked out Dr. Squatch yet, do so they have so many fantastic soaps and dj i mean there's a line that they put out that you absolutely love basically smell like a man feel like a champion it's as simple as that as well too you can get a variety of different soaps christmas time get some christmas black friday deals get get everyone smelling nice and lovely for the holiday season you can't show up to christmas dinner smelling like you just woke up you gotta smell clean and fresh so in front of all your relatives and what better way to do it with a little without a little squatch absolutely so now checking it out though as you can see on the bottom line there's your four Heisman Trophy finals. You have Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, Bryce Young from Alabama, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, and the man, the myth, the legend, Kenny Pickett from Pitt, the guy who's kind of worked his way into this from really the outside looking in. Everybody else, other than I'd say Aiden Hutchinson, kind of been up here the whole time. Aiden Hutchinson, first defensive player to finish in the Final Four since uh, Indomitian Sue way back Chase when. Young. Sorry, Chase Young. Yeah, that's right. Never mind. My bad. He was in the top four. But, yeah, so there you go. Top four guys, Aiden Hudson, But – DJ, I feel like we'd be remiss to say if there's there's not a couple guys that we're both missing. Everyone here deserves to be there. No slight against anybody else. When I look at this, I think there's one crucial character missing, and that is none other than Kenneth Walker, the running back from Michigan State. You can see the numbers right now. 1,636 yards, second in all of college football, 18 touchdowns rushing, including a receiving touchdown, zero fumbles. Everybody he played, minus Ohio State, he made an impact for. Obviously, everyone's going to look at that Ohio State game. A, he got hurt early in the game. Let's not ignore that. And B, that game was a flood before he even got his helmet strapped on. They were down 28 to nothing after five plays. There's not a whole lot he could have done in that game besides. But honestly, what he did do, I mean, with injuries and that sort of game, there's not a lot that anyone could do. No running back in the history of college football could have stopped that and saved that Ohio State game. That was a complete juggernaut of an offense versus Kenneth Walker. And that is literally pretty much it. 
He was absolutely sensational the entire season. One of the best running backs we've seen, not named Jonathan Taylor in the last handful of years as well, too. Ironically, both Big Ten running backs. He was sensational. Carried this team on his back. Single-handedly beat the number two team in the country in Michigan. Almost single-handedly by himself, as close as you could get from a running back. I'm not saying he needed to win it necessarily. We'll talk about who we think should be winning it, but the fact that he didn't even get an invite for that Michigan, considering what he did for that Michigan State team that was at one point ranked number two, literally just because of him, kind of shocking to me. I mean, the best running back in the country put up the stats to prove it and didn't even get an invite. Especially, I mean, there's four people there. Not saying any of them don't deserve to be there, but there's maybe one or two guys in there that you can't have over Kenneth Walker. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, Kenneth Walker. What he did, what he did against Michigan, first of all, that's just going to go down in the history books between in, in Big Ten and all, really, I'd say even NCAA play in general. I mean, that game was insane to watch. I, I, just every touch, you didn't know whether he was going to take it to the house or take it to the house in different ways. Like he was just that electric in that in the Michigan game. And I mean, you talk about there's there's a Heisman Trophy finalist from Michigan up here in Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, look at this man. He did. He single-handedly held Aiden Hutchinson at, at bay because Aiden Hutchinson can't do anything against the run. So, I mean, you look at that, and that's a big plus to Kenneth Walker. If, like, Aiden Hutchinson's up here, well, why isn't Kate, Kenneth Walker getting the opportunity? Just because, I mean, he beat that team. It's kind of the same concept as putting a team in the playoffs that beat another that got beat by another team. It's like, well, why isn't he up here? Uh, you know, but Kenneth Walker's obviously fantastic. I, I can't disagree with you right there. But he is not my case for missing out on this one. Uh, mine goes, as always, I always say the credentials are in the waistline, waistline, and that means I'm going with the big guy, that big man from Georgia, Jordan Davis, 28 tackles, 14 solo, three and a half tackles for loss, nine quarterback hurries, two sacks, and let's not forget a big man touchdown, one rushing touchdown from the big guy, but that's it. this is from a defensive tackle, nose tackle position, a four down set, pretty much every play. And he is doing this type of damage. That is unheard of. Uh, you just don't do that from the dead center of the, the line. That's something that freaks of nature do. And this man is a freak of nature. 350 pounds and just dominating people. He is literally a monster. If I could pull up the picture of him standing next to, to uh, Wyatt, who's also on this defense, who is a 6'4 guy, makes him look, look makes him look super short. Um, but, you know, this is, this is a man I think that, honestly, if it hadn't been for the Alabama championship game, I think he's in this, this race. And the only reason he really isn't in that race is just the weird play calling from Georgia, I feel like, at the end of the day. so. Uh, but that's my guy who I have missing out. DJ, what do you what do you think about those? I, you know what's weird is when we look at all the candidates, too, it feels like they all pretty much had one bad game. You look at with like with Bryce Young, that Auburn game, he was pretty meh throughout all of it as well. Even Texas A&M was a little meh. C.J. Stroud against Michigan and a few other games. Nebraska, meh. Aiden Hutchinson against Michigan State and a few other suits. Eh. You mentioned Jordan Davis against Alabama, not quite Jordan Davis. All of them except for... Kenny Pickett seemed to have a game where it's like, meh, but yet some of them got in and others didn't. Why couldn't you just invite six people to the Heisman Trophy thing? I mean, they've done it before. I mean, it's not like it has to be four, only four is allowed. It's not the college football playoff. You can invite six people there. And I think they could have easily fit all six of them in there. If I had to take one out, I'd probably take out CJ Stroud because he had more of those games that were like, ah, as wonderful as he was, Kenneth Walker did that by himself. CJ Stroud has three first round receivers and all of those players. It, I don't want to discredit anything he did. It's more or less of just how good Kenneth Walker and even Jordan Davis as well, two guys that could have made it. And that's crazy. I think we could have had two defensive linemen in this Heisman going to New York reasonably as well, too. Very, very much within play if they didn't just narrow it down to four. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you I mean you said it like bring six, bring five, bring whatever number you have to bring to make this comfortable. Maybe just bring three, bring three quarterbacks if you're going to keep it offensive only. But I feel like this year we could have, we should have honestly probably had two defensive players. 
And, and that's just really, and, and you know, my opinion, how I feel about it, but you know, enough of the, the if, ands or maybes there's four guys. Let's this, that's just how there is. There's four guys going to split all these votes and DJ, in your opinion, who do you think is going to pull this one out? Who do you think has the best case to pull this one out? I'll be hard pressed to see if it's anyone besides Bryce Young walking away with the Heisman Trophy, especially after what he did to Georgia in that top-ranked defense. I mean, threw for counted for 500 yards, four touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. You just look at his numbers on the season. 43 touchdowns, second in college football, second in QBR, fourth in yards, only four interceptions, plus a few rushing touchdowns. He was absolutely sensational on the season. Poison in the pocket, clean mobility, strong arm. And he did that even when Mechie got hurt. He still continued it as well, too. Jamison Williams and John Mechie, both outstanding receivers, going to go in the first round. So he did it with plenty of help. But Bryce Young was an absolute surgeon. He honestly looked like what everyone wanted, said Tua was, that he that Tua never quite landed. And that's not even an insult because of how good Tua was. I feel like this is what Tua's max potential could be. And I think Bryce Young could even surpass that. And he's still got like a little bit of time left as well, too. So even if he doesn't win it this year, uh, I think Bryce Young is going to be a regular in this ceremony, for including next year and maybe one year after if, if he was eligible. We might be talking about Bryce Young as the number one quarterback in this draft coming up as well, too. He put on an absolute clinic. And minus that Auburn game where he struggled for the most part, still threw a game-tying touchdown pass at the end of, regu- the end of regulation and survived in four, 14 overtimes or whatever it was as well. Yeah. So Bryce Young, I think he was an absolutely sensational. I think he's, for me, that hands-down Heisman Trophy favorite right now. And I think that Georgia game was the – we were actually calling that game the whole time. We're like, well, we'll have to see. Well, okay, he's making a case. Well, okay, he's leaning this way. Okay, damn it, just give him the award. This is getting ridiculous, Bryce. I t- quit. Stop. He's already dead. You've ended George's reign. Okay, you can stop. So I'm leaning towards Bryce Young. I think it was, it's been such a close race the entire year. I think that was kind of the stamp of approval. That's where he, quote unquote, took it, considering there was no front runner this whole year. And he was one who had the most recent dominant performance to punch his ticket. Yeah. Look, I, I just want to, I know I'm getting cut off by the, the thing, but I got to look back at this chart because the second in the QBR race, that to me, is just absolutely insane. Like, how do you go second in the QBR and throw for over 4,000 yards and 43 touchdowns and only four picks? I mean, that's unheard of. Like, the 43 touchdowns by itself is just insane. I mean, had it not been for Bailey Zapp, the kid from Western Kentucky, who, by the way, is a number one in all the stats, and if you're talking about a guy out of the power that was in a non-Power 5 team that maybe deserved a conversation about this, maybe him, but he also threw for 14 picks or something like that. So, eh, take it for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a old school um, Hawaii back in the day, the air raid, June Jones, Hawaii, if you will. But no, this, this is, I mean, his stat was insane. And people are going to like look at him and be like, oh, well, he was a dual threat. No, literally 71 rushes and only 31 yards. His three touchdowns were from one yard out, each like, one of them. Like, like he's, he's not a running quarterback. He is a quarterback that can extend the pocket and throw a little bit too. Like he's closer to Matthew Stafford than he is like a Jalen Hurts or anything like that as well, to a guy that can move a little bit, but he's not, he's not running for, Minus that one Georgia touchdown run. He's not running around all over people. He's just sliding away. He's just very yeah. quick of foot. Yeah, dude, he, he's just a, a great quarterback, and he is just making it more and more known as he as his time goes by. And you're exactly right. He has so many so much more time. Like, he's only a sophomore. <laughs> I, as an Auburn fan, I am not looking forward <laughs> to the next two and a half years. I can, I can tell you, I'm just like, that laugh is more like a laugh of fear than anything else right now. It's like, oh, great, we, we have to do that for more years. And before we get into your pick, too, I'll say that's a matter day. A California quarterback kid, just like C.J. Stroud is, is a California quarterback kid. That's why they brought in Lincoln Riley to USC. For anyone who is questioning that as well, too, uh, that's why. Because they had to see those kids leave three time zones from there instead of just staying up the street. So 
That's why you bring in Lincoln Riley if you're USC and you empty out the Brinks trucks in his front into into his front yard. Like, all right, we need to keep these guys because we can't let Bryce Young go to Alabama. We can't let CJ Stroud go to Ohio State. We got to keep those kids right here. Yeah, no, absolutely. But that does get me into my pick, and uh, I kind of joked about it when I introduced the the Heisman's earlier. The man, the myth, the legend, the kid out of Pitt, the guy who has been working himself up not just draft boards but Heisman trophy boards. Kenny Pickett has been outstanding, as I talked about with with you know Bryce Young. Obviously, what he's done is fantastic because I mentioned that QBR to the passing stats. You see it here with Kenny Pickett. Seventh in QBR at 81.5. Fifth with 4,300 yards. He was literally three yards behind uh, behind Bryce Young by the end of the season. Like, how insane is that? 42 touchdowns, one touchdown behind, only threw three more picks. And by the way, 97 rushes, 241 yards, and five touchdowns on the ground. And by the way, his longest 58-yard touchdown or 58-yard run, Came in that national championship or came in that uh, ACC championship game where he faked a slide. And now there's, well, there's going to be a rule change because of Kenny Pickett. I think it's safe to say at the end of this one. But this is, this guy has been just absolutely outstanding all season to me. And if he, it, when the thing with Heisman to me is it's the most outstanding player for their team alone. But then also, like you look at it, I don't, honestly don't think Bryce Young is the best player on Alabama. And I think that's what hampers the Heisman trophy race. It's kind of the old Bright, uh, um, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart argument for me. Whereas Kenny Pickett is hands down the best person in on pit, hands down the best person in the best player in the ACC. And I'd honestly say hands down the best quarterback coming up into this draft cycle as well. So, I mean, on top of all that, that's what leads me to give him the Heisman because of everything out there. And as you said, Bryce Young still has time to to grow and, and, and make his way into this one. But that's why I have Kenny Pickett as my Heisman trophy front runner, who I think is going to win the Heisman trophy. I do love me some Kenny Pickett, and I do agree with you. Uh, there's a, He is going that top rated quarterback coming out in the draft cycle, but weirdly enough, it's that college football season where the best quarterbacks can't aren't eligible, weirdly enough, as yeah. well, too. But I do like some Kenny Pickett, and if he wins out, you're not going to hear any complaints out of me. I'm looking at what Bryce Young did, that top-ranked all-time great defense, and suddenly it is every, they are overrated. They went from one of the greatest defenses <laughs> we've ever seen to the most overrated defense ever, and basically completely ruined their all of their secondary chances of getting drafted. And Honestly, hurt yeah. Jordan Davis. He kicked Jordan Davis out of here as well, too. Which and wow, that's all I can say. Is yeah, I mean, look, he kicked a three hundred and fifty pounds, six seven, six six guy out of the uh, Heisman Trophy candidacy. So uh, that's that's pretty insane. Look, I think honestly, I think it's gonna go to Bryce Young. If I'm if I'm gonna literally just take away my thought process and be like, okay, well, how do the pe- people always pick? And it always goes to the Alabama side of things or the bigger team, if you will, side of things. I think outside of Lamar Jackson at Louisville, everybody else, every other like close race that has one guy that's not as as big of a, a team like prestige wise, it always goes to the bigger teams. It feels like like I think Toby Gerhardt, well deserved, should have deserved that Heisman Trophy back in the day, went to Mark Ingram instead. I think, but the exception of like Lamar Jackson, the other ones I can think of like RG three with a smaller Baylor school and stuff like that too. Like it's very few and far between and. Honestly, we're going to go by like how you mentioned the best player on a team that where you where you're the best player and it's not even close really. You're not surrounded by talent like that. That's why I think Kenneth Walker should be in here on that alone. And if he yeah. was in there, you could reasonably make the case. I mean, they're in a big bowl game because of him. It is not because of their passing game. That is for damn sure. That defense, while pretty good, it's not even the top three defense in its own conference. Like that is Kenneth Walker and strapping those that entire army of Sparta on his back and carrying them this far. So. Under the circumstances, usually that out for Kenny Pickett. That's why I think Kenneth Walker should be in there. And if Kenny Pickett wins it, you're going to see me smiling. But like, yes, well deserved yeah, no. as well. Honestly, I think all these guys up here deserve it. I I hate to take it away from any of them. I like the, like we said. I think the only one we could probably replace up here is C.J. Stroud. 
but honestly, there's no need to replace any of them. I feel like you just invite two more guys. You have a six-man team in, in in New York. You call it swell. You already vote for the top ten anyways. So might as well send the top six or however many you want to send. Send them. Like, they're all going to go. <laughs> that why, point time. why not at this point? Yeah, I mean, what's the worst yeah. thing? You could even make a case that Anderson from Alabama could have been in there as well, too, because his stats are very even higher than Hutchison's as well, too. Obviously, Aiden Hutchison had bigger impacts and bigger games, that type of thing as well, too. And the same thing we talked about where – the best player on the team, Aiden Hutchinson, is clearly far and away the best player, but you can make a case for Anderson to be in here as well, too. Like, Well, like I said, I don't think Brad Young is the best player in Alabama. I think Will Anderson is, and that's exactly. just it. Like, I think Will Anderson is, like you said, well-deserving of a case. Definitely got shafted in the year where you finally see a defensive player back in the top four, but you know, when the voting ends up coming down, we'll see how it all shakes out. But yeah, I just like, you know, just in, invite as many of them that you think have a competitive chance, because this year I feel like there was no single standout Really, I mean, like Bryce Young never did anything to hurt himself. He never really did anything to extend himself. Beyond I think until everybody. Georgia, until yeah, Georgia. until Georgia, yeah. Okay, let's <laughs> the, until the until the the SEC championship game. Kenny Pickett is probably the only one to me where I was like, at any point in time, he really stretched himself out there. Kenneth Walker also stretched himself out there after the Michigan game. CJ Stroud never really let himself get out there, and that's more down to Ryan Day than CJ Stroud. I'll say the Michigan State game, he maybe took that giant leap, but Bryce Young the same day threw for 500 yards. Like, no, 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 you're not getting away from me. Yeah, 500 yards, five touchdowns himself. Yeah. And Aiden Hudson, I mean, he was so streaky, it was scary. Like, when he got on a roll for in a game, he was just going to torture people. And then, but like the Michigan State game, I just keep coming back to where he was shut out and he could not get going. And it was like, where you at, guy? Yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget he has Ojabo on the other side as well, too, as long as John Ross and Miller. Like, he's got some players with him as well, too. So, I mean, we can make a case for and against all of these guys as well, too. So, just invite six or seven next time on a year like this. It's not like a Joe Burrow, two a thing where the top one, and Chase Young, where it's like, all right, it's these three and everybody else. It's not even a question. We already knew it was Joe Burrow or Cam Newton's year. We already knew it was Cam Newton. Like, this yeah. isn't a, this wasn't, this, it's not like one of those. There is no clear cut winner. And honestly, I don't know what the betting odds are off the top of my head, but uh, can I get in a little bit on the action? Because I don't feel comfortable with any of these ones. Hey, you know, the state of Ohio finally passed the betting law. You sent that to me earlier today, so we might be able to in time for the Heisman. And it probably not, because it, it probably won't go into effect till the summer. We'll probably miss all the fun football t- time. I could hope, right? Like, I, no mean, if you, I, I mean, I hope you're right, too. If they can kick this in before the end of football season, we could get in some of those late picks. Maybe that'd be great, but we, I, we I, might have to drive, I might, might have to drive back over to Pittsburgh and go hang out with Stryker here soon <laughs> and, and see if uh, see if I can get some betting in while, while well, I'm if in you're going to drive to Pittsburgh, you better bet on Kenny Pickett then, too. I mean, considering <laughs> they work out in the same facility as the Steelers and stuff like that, too, you better bet on Kenny. You can't go there and not pick him. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. But that'll do it for our tip-off. Which Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollars cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino-style games to choose from. You too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Takes us to the main event, as I talked about. It is Pickmas time main event presented by Colorcast. If you guys haven't checked out Colorcast by now. What are you doing with your lives? Based on, on all iOS devices, you can go on there and cast any game you want at any time. Now with the new uh, new Colorcast 3.0 release, it's absolutely fantastic. A new brand new brand new look, brand new uh, UI, and the new hot take feature, which is super cool. We got to drop some of our hot takes on there. Uh, well, at least I did, DJ. I don't know if you've gotten to yet, but you know, there's some there's some pretty interesting interesting hot take options out there. And there's guys like Derek Brown, 
from the Panthers, LeVar Ball out there that have dropped hot takes on the app. So be sure to go check that out. Colorcast app on your iOS store. So head out, head on over to that. But it's Pickmas, DJ. It's it's the it's the bowl season. We're finally getting to go bowling again. We're going bowling again, and there's a whole lot to pick through as well, too, from the playoffs to New York Six and, a, and pretty much 40-ish other bowls as well, too. So we got a lot of work cut out for us. Yeah, 43 bowls in total. So we're going to go through this pretty quickly. DJ, we're just going to go rapid fire from start to finish. We're starting with the Bahamas Bowl here, and there we go. Toledo versus Middle Tennessee. And as you can see, we have our dogs, actually, as, as our selection. So wherever you see, I, I'm Hershey. DJ will be Brew in this case. So the blonde one is DJ. The the the, the tan dog, if you will, is me. Um, that's just because she's a lazy dog, and and I get to pick her. So, uh, but that's going to be our pick for the Bahamas Bowl is Toledo. We're going both Toledo. So, no no real surprise on that one. The Cure Bowl, Coastal Carolina versus Northern Illinois. I think we're both pretty pretty stuck on Coastal Carolina in this one. Coastal Carolina was ranked at one point too. So I mean, there's a reason for that. I don't expect them to fall to NIU here as well too. It had not quite the bowl they were hoping for, but I expect them to come out and roll nonetheless. Absolutely. And then you got the Boca Raton Bowl, Western Kentucky versus Appalachian State. As I talk about Bailey Zapp, literally leading the country in every passing stat. And they're going to expand on that as well, too. And at their receiver, whose name slips my mind, he leads in every receiving stat. They, they will just add on that as well, too. It probably won't be close. At a whopping five foot five inches tall. Yeah. <laughs> and then the New Mexico Bowl, Fresno State versus UTEP. UTEP making it six and six. Fresno State, I believe they were nine and whatever, nine and three, nine and something like that. And was ranked at one point in time this season as well. Absolutely as well, too. I just I don't see what UTEP really has to offer that's going to beat them. I think Fresno State's going to probably win in a 28-7 to type fashion. Real comfortably, strong defense, control it on offense, get what, do what they want to do, basically. Yep. That takes us to the Independence Bowl, BYU versus UAB. And as much as I love the UAB logo, <laughs> and I will forever love Blaze the Dragon, I cannot do it. I'm sorry. BYU is is my choice for this one. It looks like, DJ, you're going the same thing. A little bit too experienced. A little, even, without, even without Zach Wilson this year, they're just fine. Like, they're just a little bit too experienced. They got a little too much power. Like They'll do whatever they want as well, too. They have they have a team full of old upperclassmen. A 9-3 team versus a 6-6 six and six team again, and this time BYU being the 9-3 and three team. So, uh, yeah, good luck, UAB. I'm sorry. Your resurrection season is, um, yeah, whoops. Um, anyways, the Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, East, featuring Eastern Michigan versus Liberty. Malik Willis on show for this one, and that's why I went Liberty, hands down. Uh, same here. I just expect Malik Willis to back my draft stock and then put up like 300 yards and three touchdowns or something like that. I expect him to basically have this as his mini pre-senior bowl, pre-combine, pre-scouting process. Like leave it. It's been a rough season for him overall, a lot of ups and downs. I look for him to... Put a little bit of a exclamation point at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. It should be fun getting into the offseason draft scenario. So that leads us into the L.A. Bowl, which, by the way, is still, like, I think this is the coolest mm-hmm. new bowl in, in, like, at least bowl design. But it's featuring Utah State versus Oregon State. And this Utah State team is nothing to slouch at. They are the Mountain West champions this season. And Oregon State, again, a sleeper team for a lot of a lot of the Pac-12 who had to go in there and, and try to fight their way out of uh, – out of, out of Corvallis, but you know what? I went with Utah State with this one. And they're not playing a Pac-12 team that's trying to make a run, so I'm not really trusting Oregon State. They're kind of like, what, they're one of the teams I only trust. They're like Texas when it, in the Big 12. I only trust them when they're trying to ruin another Big 12 team's chances. But against everybody else, not so much. And that's how I feel about what Oregon State is for the Pac-12. Uh, yeah. Or like 100%. Purdue, that's a better example. When Purdue's trying to ruin another Big team, 10 team's chances, but then everywhere else, it's like, meh. Yeah, no, and we'll get to Purdue a little bit later mm-hmm. on because they, they do have a bowl game. Uh, this one, the New Orleans Bowl, the RNL Carriers, New Orleans Bowl, December 18th, 9.15 p.m., which is a super late game for being in New Orleans. But I guess you got a party on bourbon somehow. 
so Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, or just Louisiana University as they go by now, versus Marshall, the Thundering Herd. And um, I think it's safe to say we are not Marshall in this case. Uh, I have picked the Raging Cajun in pretty much every bowl they've been in since we started doing this because I refuse to not pick Raging Cajuns, one of the best names, and they're playing in Louisiana, in New Orleans, in Louisiana. Good luck, Marshall. I wish you good fortune in this war to come. Look, and, and, and when it comes down to it, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, they know how to party on bourbon and still come out and play football at the, at the end of the night. So uh, you'll you'll be okay uh, for Louisiana fans out there, who by the way did just lose their head coach, but still gonna be gonna be he's coaching the bowl game, so it'll be okay. It'll be fine. That'll take us to the Myrtle Beach Bowl, and this one's my favorite just because of the logos of the two teams. Still, first of all, I still don't understand how a team in Tulsa, Oklahoma, gets to be a hurricane, but you know whatever, and then uses the flags from the beach. I don't really get that part. But it's okay because it looks cool. But they're really Old Dominions is the dopest logo out there. And I almost picked them just because of the logo, but I couldn't do that to Tulsa, who has been an absolutely fantastic team all season. Mine was kind of saying that I was like, Dan, this might be the best graphical design bowl. This should be called a graphic design bowl, honestly, as well, too. But I don't know with Tulsa. I just think as cool as Old Dominion's logo is, I think Tulsa just has a little they're just a little bit too well rounded. Old Dominion's cool, but like I don't think they have quite the players to match up with Tulsa. Exactly. So that'll take us into what has been forever a bowl game, it feels like. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl. I, I feel like this bowl game never gets old and never disappears, and I do believe this is still being played on Boise's blue turf. I wish this was a New Year's Six Bowl. That is the only thing that is missing. It needs to be promoted. Yeah, I mean, look, you get, you, like, I mean, they get so much fancy stuff when they, they add this one. But really, surprise team here, Kent State. I mean, the Golden Flashes, fantastic season that they've had. I mean, I think it was only what seven and five they finished the season with, but for them. Been a huge turnaround for where they were before. They actually look competitive in some games. Facing it off against Wyoming, and I don't believe either of us have any love for Wyoming in this one. I don't see a way for Wyoming to win, unfortunately. I feel maybe if it's really ugly and close, but I just think Kent State's better all around as well, too, which is a step in the right direction for Kent. You don't say that about them very often as well, too. So I look for them to take the step forward and get this bold W. Yeah, shout out Josh Cripps, uh, Kent State mm-hmm. alumni, as we just found out earlier today. And now that'll take us to the Tropical Smoothie Frisco Bowl, not to be confused with the Trop or with the Frisco Classic Bowl game, which we'll get to in just a minute. This one features the one loss UTSA Roadrunners, which I still love their their name and logo, versus the San Diego State Aztecs. I, I mean, we're split. I, we actually split on this one, DJ. As I went with the the one loss team, you went with the all around run game out there. Was, it looks like. I mean, first in the Mountain West in the Mountain West West. And they were, they what I kind of gave them the beneficiary of too is they win a lot of close games as well, too. When you just look at some of their previous games, I mean, they beat a Hawaii 17 to 10, Nevada 23 to 21, beat UNLB 28 to 20. Like they can win a really close game. And I think it's a very similar to close matchup. So I just kind of lean towards a team that I think has a little bit more, exp- that is a little more comfortable in these really close games. Obviously, that huge loss to Utah State getting absolutely obliterated by them probably hurts a little bit, but I expect for them to bounce back from that in this game. Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, getting beaten by by Utah State in their uh, championship game for the Mountain West. But also coached by Brady Hoke, former Michigan coach uh, in the San Diego State is. Fun fact for you, for everybody out there. He went back. He went San Diego State coaching back to Michigan, back to San Diego State. Really, like, interesting trajectory. Uh, but they love him there in San Diego State. But UTSA, in my opinion, I think Texas won. That run game is so dirty. They have two guys that have just been absolutely dominating all season long. But that'll take us over to the Armed Forces Bowl, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. This is Army versus Mizzou. I'm not going to say your full name, Mizzou, because you are forever going to be Mizzou in my my <laughs> eyes. Uh, this one, we're split on as well. You have the Army 
Uh, Knights beat Golden Knights winning this one. I have Mizzou winning this one. Honestly, I had no reason to pick against Army. I just was like, why not? We're going to go Mizzou on this one. You went SEC, and I went, you know what? Army and Armed Forces Bowl, you can't go against them. I think the Golden Knights will slay the Tigers in this one in a comfortable route of 28-16. to 16. Yeah, look, I think uh, I think they get to use special uniforms because of the Armed Forces Bowl as well again, so that'll be really cool. Army's, Army's special that. edition uniforms are always sick. But Mizzou, king of the uniforms in the SEC, now that they're in the SEC, they were king of the uniforms in the Big 12 when they were there, but, but now in the SEC, king of the uniform combinations out there. So, uh, We'll see what, they, what what crazy stuff they can pull out for this game. But as I talked about, this will lead us to the Frisco Classic football, uh, the Frisco Football Classic Bowl game. Why they have two games named Frisco something or another, I will never understand. But here we are. Especially when the bowl games championship you- game is in Frisco, too. Like, what did Frisco do to get such monopoly on big football games? Like, what's going on here? I, I don't get it either. <laughs> but that'll be North Texas versus Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks. So... It looks like uh, in the Battle of the Birds, we're both going North Texas in this one. Home game for them. I expect them to take out Ohio easily as well, too. Man, Ohio's, uh, they've been okay, but I I, I lean a little bit towards North Texas. and I think they're going to take this one comfortably. Yeah, and shout out Hector. I believe he is a North Texas alumni, if I'm not mistaken, uh, from over there at Insert Insert Name FC. But that'll take us into the Gasparilla Bowl. And honestly, I love the logo for this one. This (laughs) one was pretty dope. With It it has the Sabres on it now. Uh, Florida versus UCF. The Gus Bus versus a... Brand new coach in Florida. So very interesting. I want Gus Bus. You want brand new coach in Florida. Yeah, Florida, while they had a terrible season by Florida standards, they were still close in a lot of games. They were competitive with Alabama at one point. They do have, they still have their moments. I think it'll be enough in this bowl game to get over the top of UCF. Obviously, the new coach coming in as well, too. I think uh, in this type of, this will be a nice start for them, too. I think sometimes in the bowl games for these bigger schools, when they play it up, you and a Gasparilla Bowl, like nothing that says, not quite what they were hoping for. I think the new coaches can use that as a springboard. So look for Florida to take that step in. UCF, they're really, really good. Nothing negative to say there, even though they tried to say they were national champions when they weren't for like three years straight. But I still, I look at Florida. I think they're going to win this one in a close one. Fun fact, Auburn was one win away from ending up in the Gasparilla Bowl. Irony. <laughs> the irony of seeing Auburn versus UCF would have been too much for me to bear. Auburn fans would be bleeding. It would be war, it'd be war bloody eagle because Auburn would get beat by UCF again, and and, and and this time because of Gus and not for yeah and not lose because of Gus. It'd be well, I guess they'd lose still because of Gus. It never fails. Hmm. But anyways, that'll take us to the Hawaii Bowl featuring Hawaii versus Memphis. And honestly, this one is going to be a very fun game because you know Hawaii is always a really competitive team when they play at home, and anybody who has to travel that distance to Hawaii is really kind of be like vacation time especially guys from memphis look i've been to memphis's campus and and getting to go to hawaii from memphis you're like oh okay yeah sign me up like yesterday i'll be there uh yeah hawaii's sure. a hawaii's tamed with this they're they're used to riding the dragon that is hawaii as well too especially in this time memphis isn't used to that they're not gonna be quite ready to play because they're gonna be enjoying hawaii just a little bit too much before the game as well too hawaii is used to riding this dragon so look for hawaii to come out here and put on a little bit of a mini show memphis will keep it kind of close but i think Hawaii in the Hawaii Bowl, like it, just, it makes sense. You can't, I can't bet against them. Did they ever bring back the Rainbow Warriors moniker? Because I still think that was one of the best logos back in the day. The Hawaii with the Rainbow Warrior head. Like if I think have. that was one of the coolest ones. And if I, they haven't. They should. Yeah, like I don't know if I, I don't know. That might be one that maybe falls under the uh, the Native American issue as well. So I don't know if that's that's the case. If that is, then never mind. We didn't say anything about it. But if it isn't, I still think it's one of the coolest logos that ever existed. So. It had a, it had a good run if it did if it is over it did have a good run absolutely so the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery Alabama featuring Ball State versus Georgia State 
And honest to God, I couldn't pick the difference. And then it came down to, well, if I pick against Ball State, Zach will kill me. You know what? That's fair as well, too. I just look at George. I was just like, yeah, Ball State. You know what? They're actually pretty decent as well, too. So I'm going to go with them. Yeah, you're, uh, a season removed from a MAC championship, Ball State is. Georgia State, though, nothing to scoff at. And, uh, and you talk about schools that have an up-and-coming team, it feels like. Georgia State, I mean, obviously, you talk about their conference not not so much, as, but they are competitive year in and year out. It seems like they always seem to be competitive to one team that they shouldn't be when they always go up against the top you know, of the FBS region. So, I don't know. It's crazy with Georgia State. We'll see what they can do next season. But the quick lane bowl in Detroit featuring Nevada versus Western Michigan and Nevada with uh, their own quarterback that has something to say about the NFL draft here in this one. Uh, look for Carson Strong to put on a strong performance in this one too, and try and propel his draft stock. He's a, he is the the guy that has all those in, those uh, natural attributes, if you will, that a lot of scouts kind of drool over. Similar to like a Josh Allen, a Carson Wentz, a Trey Lance, those smaller school type of guys. Where another Carson Strong is going to go out there and be like, "Wow, if I put on a clinic, I might be a first round pick if I do this right." And I think he's going to do that. It's going to be a quick lane to the end zone for them all day with him leading the way. Yeah, absolutely. And I do also have to mention, I will be remiss if I don't mention it. There is a quarterback at Western Michigan that is being recruited. However, we he don't know if he's going to leave this season. He has the opportunity to stay, so he may or may not may or may not leave just because of that COVID year. He might come back for that super super senior season, if you will. But that'll take us to the military bowl here, and that is his BC versus Eastern Carolina University, and the Pirates seem to uh, seem to have taken the booty in this one. Yeah, I think they're going to I think they're going to rob the sh- I think they're going to rob the ship here and they're going to they're going down the Eagles as well too. I, there's not a whole lot in the Eagles I trust in this particular game. I think ECU will just be I think they'll be able to take o- I think they'll be able to take over this one pretty quickly. Look, this isn't Matt Ryan's BC. This isn't the program's BC if you guys remember that movie. I don't know if I just aged myself out of this one, but uh You did, but it's okay. <laughs> look, still one of the best. If you guys have never seen the program, I, I highly recommend going and watching that movie. It is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And kind of serious at the same time. It actually tackles things that we dealt with in the NLI recently. So uh, very interesting. But we're both going East of Carolina. Go, we're both going the Pirates. Should be a fun one nonetheless. But that takes us to the Birmingham Bowl. Houston versus the aforementioned Auburn Tigers. Well, I think it's safe to say we're we're uh, divided on this one. And uh, I don't blame you. I'll just I'll, I'll just let you handle this one as well too. I'm just gonna say Houston's good. All right, you you can you can talk this one. <laughs> Houston, who is a uh, top twenty five team at well, most of the season. Auburn, who was, well, a top 25 team somehow most of the season, had an outside shot at the SEC championship game, blew it multiple times, um, just couldn't get out of their own way. Two quarterbacks with banged up ankles. You will not see Bo Nix as he is out. We don't even know if Bo Nix will return for next season. Uh, We'll see if JT is able to play in this game. If not, I honestly have no idea who starts a quarterback for Auburn. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. But December 28th is a long way away still. So 12 p.m. Eastern time is when this one gets played. At the very least, there's still going to be a Tank Bigsby. There's still going to be a Dark West Hunter and maybe some guys playing defense. I don't know. Roger McCreary is already probably going to be holding out for the draft, and I don't blame him after his performance against Alabama. He's going the first round, hands down. I don't ruin that, please. Maybe Kobe Hudson will take the snaps. Who knows? They'll figure something. They'll figure something out there as well, too. And yeah. Roger Curry definitely nothing for him to gain here as well. Like he's he's pretty much set. Just take that Alabama game, move on to the draft process. There's nothing to gain here. Please no Kobe Hudson at quarterback. There would be so many fumbles. But anyways, the first responder bowl, it is the Air Force Falcons and the Louisville Cardinals. And honestly, I had to go back to the day for Air Force to find any other logo other than their basic AF. And I was like, it's funny because it's AF, but like, no, I want like their old school logo. It's so dope. Why they ever went away with this, I don't know. Uh, But it's not enough for me to pick them. I'm still going Louisville in this one. 
Yeah, as great as the logos, both of them could have been put together. I lean towards Louisville as well, too. A little bit, uh, a little bit too loaded for are the Cardinals, even without Lamar Jackson out there. They're still a force to be reckoned with. Hey, this, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned not Lamar Jackson, but their quarterback is still a fantastic player as well. Uh, may have may have future uh, Heisman Trophy candidacy for himself going forward. Louisville's we'll a weird school with how they get guys in the NFL. I mean, there's Lamar Jackson, there's Teddy Bridgewater, there's even Brian Braun back in the day who was supposed to be a top quarterback. Like they got a weird way of getting those quarterbacks to the NFL. Yeah, it's just it's a matter of time. It feels like before they get somebody in the NFL, like it's like every eight years they they put out somebody new. It's like somebody that sticks out. Like, oh, this might be a first round guy. Every every eight, it's like it's like a Haley's Comet or something like that. It's just like, and here we go. <laughs> yeah, that's possibly true. Start calling them Haley's Cardinals. See if that that changes the name. But that'll take us to the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. I'll try to say that five times fast because nope. I'm not going to. <laughs> um, NC State versus UCLA. And you're going with the uh, Fighting Chip Kellys, and I'm sticking with NC State. Yeah, the Fighting Chip Kellys are going to look at this, and Chip Kelly's like, huh, that Oregon job looks awfully good right now. I bet if I put on a clinic in this game, maybe they'll take me back, and I could have my success again as well, too, because uh, UCLA is not exactly a hotbed for recruiting, and I think Chip Kelly has felt that a lot, looking at his recruiting class of the last couple of years in UCLA at UCLA. Not quite what they were when he was in Oregon. I think he'd like to be able to have that little bit of a pipeline that he started, really, in Oregon. Maybe get that back as well, too. So I look for him to be putting on an audition tape in this game. You mean the pipeline where he used to still uh, still recruits from UCLA and USC at a regular clip? Pretty that much, pipeline? yeah. But considering now he's at UCLA, they're still getting stolen from him anyway. So he might as well go back to being the robber instead of the Robbie. Yeah, good point. No, no uh, like I like NC State's run game and their defense is really good. Uh, they were in Kansas City to be the ACC nominee until Pitt decided to step up and Wake Forest and Sam Hartman decided to step mm-hmm. up as well. Um, but NC State was a competitive team through most of the year. So we'll see if they're able to do it against UCLA. I have that's who I picked. Uh, their run game is just so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'll take me to Liberty, and we both went Mississippi State over Texas Tech, the Mike Leach Bowl, if you will. Uh, and this one, the old pirate himself, Mike Leach, now coaching at Mississippi State, started his piracy really in Texas Tech. Uh, so, I, I mean, what do you think? Do you think this is going to be a revenge game for Mike Leach? Obviously, we both believe so. I saw a fun tweet where it said like Mike Leach preparing for Texas Tech and it showed Rambo when he was like putting on the army paint across his body and across his legs, arming himself up with knives and guns and stuff. I think that's gonna be this one. I think Mike Leach, he will never admit it. And if he does, he'll do it in a weird way. But when he goes against schools that he used to coach for as well, too, and they let him go, I could I see him going in there guns blazing and trying I see him trying to put up five hundred yards passing and five touchdowns. Yeah, and let's not forget he left in controversy with Texas Tech. It wasn't like a desired leave or anything like that. There was the whole concussion situation. That's when concussions were really being figured out. Something he did wrong. It was just the coaching staff, how that happened, how that worked itself out. And unfortunately, they, he, his job was the one that was cut. Um, so that's why he ended up leaving Texas Tech. Wazoo picked him up. And now here he is. Mississippi State got him bowl eligible. So look at successes as it is. But that'll take us to the guaranteed rate of bowl. Switching West Virginia versus Minnesota Golden Gophers. Row the boat. I went row the boat on this one. Row, row, row your boat in Phoenix, Arizona. There's not too many rivers there, so uh, I don't know where you're rowing your boat to. But Minnesota will row their boat in this one. I think we agree on that one. The Golden Gophers will dig up the Mountaineers, and they'll take care of it as well, too. So I don't I don't see any way that Minnesota doesn't win this game. They were a quality Big Ten team. They could have made some noise as well, too, if they didn't have to deal with some of those other. That Big Ten being absolutely ridiculously loaded at the top this year. <laughs> yeah, top five teams in the Big Ten, and then everybody else, it feels <laughs> like. Uh, but that'll take us to the Fenway Bowl. Virginia versus SMU. Virginia, by the way, has one quarterback. With only 300 attempts, top 10 in the, in, in the nation in passing yards. Fun fact for you. Uh, SMU is still SMU. They are still June Jones's air raid team without June Jones. Um, so, yeah, that's just really how it is. 
But DJ, we're both split. SMU and Virginia. I mean, what'd you see in SMU? Uh, just pretty much you mentioned they have a weird ability to sometimes put up miraculous amounts of points. Like when they played Houston earlier in the year, they did lose 44 to 37 against Memphis, 28 to 25. UCF, they's out, they dominated UCF 55 to 28. Just kind of look, Tulsa 34 31. They have a weird ability to keep it close because they can just randomly start putting up points in abundance with that offense. So I think they'll find a way to outlast the Cavaliers, if you will. They will, they will gallop away. Fair enough. And uh, much to Boston fans' chagrin, a much la- a shortly later bowl that following them, the mm-hmm. Pinstripe Bowl up in New York City in, in Yankee Stadium. You go from one baseball stadium to another one, and you feature another Virginia team, Virginia Tech versus Maryland, and we are both filling Hokie Nation on this one. Uh, just Yeah, it just feels feels too easy for, for Virginia Tech in this one. I, I, as much as I like Tua's brother in uh, at Maryland, he, just, he doesn't have enough weapons to, to, be, to be good. Yeah, remember when Virginia Tech used to be a weird NFL pipeline as well, too? They just sent defensive players in the NFL. It seemed like three every year from guys like Brandon Flowers, Cam Chancellor, et cetera, like that. Like, they used to just send everybody, and now they've kind of slowed down a little bit. But I still think Virginia Tech, nonetheless, is going to find a way to contain the other tug of Iloa and make life difficult. Yeah, so we'll see how that one goes for sure. But I do miss those days. Those days were great because they were great on special teams, too. Exactly. That's really what made a lot of them make their names. They I, Who was the co- coach back in those days? Do you remember his name off the top of your head? I can't off the top of my head because they named the whole thing after him. Uh, it's um, Beamer Ball, Frank Beamer. Yeah, there we go. That's what I was thinking. I remember when they had Beamer Ball, when it would basically be defense, special teams, offense, just don't get in the way. They perfected that, and we're actually a really good team for a while as well. They multiple times in the top 10. Logan Thomas got drafted from that team. That's all you got to need to know as a quarterback. That's all you need to hear, and then turn himself into a high-quality tight end. It's a, full, a shame he's out for the season right now, but absolutely as well, too. They used to be a mini pipeline as well. Absolutely. All right, so getting down to the, to the nitty-gritty, Iowa State versus Clemson. We are split again. Iowa State, I have going, and I just think Brees Hall is a little bit more than this Clemson team is prepared to handle. I think Brees Hall is going to be fantastic when he decides to come out. I think Charlie Kolar, who just won the Campbell Award recently as well, too, as a tight end, is going to be the best tight end in the draft and should go in the first round, whether he will or not, we'll see. And I think Iowa State has a lot of players, but for some reason this year, just nothing is clicking as well, too. Everyone seems to be out of sync. And Clemson, even though... They went from like top four to unranked, basically, and they kind of were it's a trash heap of season. They did pick up a little bit of steam down the stretch and got a little bit going. I mean, I still think they have issues at quarterback, but they do have quite a bit of talent across the board as well. So I think that'll be enough to squeak by an Iowa State team that this just feels like a down year. Too many expectations. Both of these teams, this could have been a national championship based on the preseason predictions. And here we are in the Cheez-It Bowl. So quite quite the fall from grace for both teams. Yeah, you know, now you get to go to Orlando and hang out in, in a Cheez-It Bowl. That sounds like fun. But I mean, that'll take us to the Alamo yeah. Bowl. One of the one of the fan one of the fan favorites for actual players. Uh, every player I've heard of that goes to the Alamo Bowl loves it, loves loves the event, loves the time in San, San Antonio. This one featuring Oregon, who just lost her coach Mario Cristobal to Miami, and Oklahoma, who we just talked about earlier, Lincoln Riley bailed out and went to USC. Well, we both went Oklahoma just because I feel like for me, I looked at it and I was like, well, they've had a newer coaching staff for longer, and Bob Stoops is still that dude. And they and they brought in Brett Venables, so they know who their new next head coach is going to be as well, too. We'll see uh, if he's able to flip the script from an offensive juggernaut with no defense. That's wet tissue paper, too. Maybe they get a little bit of defense just in time. But something about Oregon getting absolutely clapped twice by Utah by a, by a combined score of 70 to, what, 16 in back-to-back weeks? Like, that's hard to bounce back from in Oklahoma. They're still kind of a mess, but I think Caleb Williams will still be the best player on the field if Kayvon Thibodeau decides to sit out, which I imagine he's probably going to do for the NFL draft. So... I look at Oklahoma, even with the mess they are, they still have a lot more blue chip players than Oregon does at this point. So I, give me Oklahoma in a weird in a weird game, just a very, very weird game. I have a feeling this is going to be very awkward to watch. Yeah, that's fair enough. Speaking of awkward to watch, this is going to be an awkward bowl for me to talk about. The Duke's Mayo Bowl. 
the Carolina Civil War, if you will. North Carolina versus South Carolina. And we're both on Tar Heel Nation on this one. As we look, I think Sam Howell's a better Sam Howell's a better better prospect than anybody else on the field right now. Pretty much, yeah. Not even close. I know the South Carolina running back to commit to the NFL draft. He's pretty solid. He's going to get picked and be probably be a pretty solid pro at the next level. But uh, look at Sam Howell to once again be like, I need to get my draft stock back up. I was arguably a top rated guy coming in, and now I am fodder at this point. I need to put on a statement. Absolutely. That'll take us to the Music City Bowl. Purdue, as we talked about before, facing off against Tennessee. And we both went Tennessee. And I, I, I look, Herndon, man, he's been a fantastic asset at quarterback this season for Tennessee. Herndon is absolutely outstanding. And we already kind of talked about it. Purdue is only good when they're ruining high-level Big Ten teams' chances of going far into the playoffs slash a bit big aspirations. That's not the case here. This is not Purdue's but bread and butter. I, I love Bell, the receiver. I think he's a potential first-round pick as well. But... Give me Tennessee in this one. If Tennessee was in the Big Ten trying to play for a playoff spot, give me Purdue. But based on track record, I can't pick Purdue in this one. I just can't. No, fair enough. That'll take us to the Vegas Bowl. The Wisconsin Badgers taking on the Arizona State Sun Devils. You went Wisconsin. I went Arizona State. And I just like Jaden Daniels, really. That's that's the big thing. I like him and that offense a lot more, a lot better than I like Wisconsin and what they can do on offense. I know Wisconsin's defense is tough, but I just like that 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 offense from Arizona State a little bit more. I just like Wisconsin's defense and those big hogs offensive linemen. They always find a way to run the ball in ways that make absolutely no sense. You lose a generational running back in Jonathan Taylor, and you have like 80% of the production with just a no names that you plug in since that point as well, too. Like you plug in anybody in there and they find weird ways to run the ball. So give me Wisconsin in a Wisconsin type game. Watch it be like 12 to 9 or some weirdly odd score. Yeah, no, that's uh, it probably will be, honestly. But that'll take us to the tax layer Gator Bowl. Texas AM versus Wake Forest. As we mentioned, Sam Hartman eight, falling in the ACC title game to. Uh, Pitt, who we'll talk about a little bit later, and Texas A&M, who had a shot again, outside shot at the the SEC championship game, the only team to beat Alabama this season. And well, here we are. Yeah, that's pretty much why I picked. That's why I picked him. I was like, usually when it's the one team that beat a powerhouse like that, like, oh, you were the team to beat Alabama. That's usually the highlight of the season, and I don't think that's going to change here as well. Too, it's quite the highlight. Don't get me wrong, but I think Wake Forest will just have a little bit too much for him. No, well, fair enough. I like. The, I just like the defense a little bit more from from A&M. That's that's really where it comes down to at the end of the day. Uh, but that'll take us to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, which best name so far in the in the groupings, because uh, at least it's different. I don't have to worry about getting confused with the other Frisco Bowl. That that Frisco. that logo is kind of terrifying though, because Tony the Tiger looks like he's about to kidnap some kid cereal or something like that. Like he does not. That is not a saint of a tiger. Fair enough. But we're both split. You're going Wazoo. I'm going the U in this one. Mario Cristobal getting a chance to take on a Pac-12 team who he dominated in his career in in Oregon. So, like he already knows the answers to Wazoo. Whereas Wazoo taking on this this Miami team. We'll see what they're uh, what they're able to do. Um, Miami's been questionable at best. They were my team to pick to win the ACC, and they let me down. They let you down really hardly, and they let you down against Alabama really quickly too early in the season. And Miami is just a mess right now. All the reports are like they, there's like 17 hands in the kitchen right now as well too. I know Chris Wall's getting in there, but I think I talked about earlier. Usually a new coach trying to make a statement in a bowl game. I think he's going to try to, but uh, it's a big mess in there. He needs the full offseason. Like, all right, everybody get out and just let me do this. Yeah, Manny Diaz uh, opening the door to a whole lot of what's happening in Miami and it is not fun looking. Uh, but that takes the Arizona Bowl, Boise State versus Central Michigan, and no love for the Chippewas. We're both going Broncos in this one. It's close enough to Boise. Like, there won't be blue turf, but there'll be a lot of blue shirts in the stands, and I think Boise State's just they're, – they're one of those teams that's always really surprisingly good. So I'm going to take I'm gonna take Boise State in this one. Yeah, and if you try to watch this one, it is going to be on Barstool.com um, on their website. It'll be live streaming, which, yeah. Congratulations yeah. to them, I guess, but, like – that's all there is to it. Like, yay. Uh, Outback Bowl. 
God, this one, this logo is never going to change, and it just makes me so happy. Uh, it, it's Penn State fight. versus Arkansas. Uh, yeah, Penn State. More, more at future NFL prospects. Jahan Dotson. I think Clifford's actually healthy. Noah Kane and uh, the Razorbacks. I think next year is the year where they start to make some noise. We saw KJ, for example, actually have some moments this year, and I think they have talent. But uh, Penn State, their team that honestly should be fight should have been fighting for a New Year's Six Bowl. They just had some injury rough luck, and then just that big 10 absolute mosh pit that it was down the stretch too. So give me Penn state in this one. Jahan Dotson goes ballistic if he plays. Yeah, absolutely. And that'll take us to the citrus bowl. The other game that's on January 1st, Kentucky versus Iowa. The ones that don't mean anything on January 1st, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're split. I went Kentucky, you went Iowa. I went Will Levis. You went Iowa's defense. It looks like pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Although if Iowa can just only play defense and not have to play offense, I think that would up their chances. I feel like when they have to put an offense on the field is when they struggle. So if we could just have 60 minutes of Levis versus the defense, that is in Iowa's favor. Just keep that offense off the field. Fair, fair point. I Your just way like of solving a quarterback controversy is get the quarterback killed. And if he survives, then he's the starter. If he doesn't, then we bring in the backup because they don't protect or get open or do anything. No, that's fair. I like, I like, I just like Will Levis. Uh, it's, it's, he's a lot of fun to, fun to watch. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what he's able to do in this one as, as he's getting ready to transition to the pros. I like Robinson too. I think he could make a case for himself too. If he could put on a bit of a clinic as well too. kind of a smaller fun receiver, maybe a second round pick that does a lot of damage if he can get on the field. Yeah, that's true. Just get him on the field to watch him make plays. That takes to the Texas bowl. The last before the big games, that's K state versus LSU. And we're both on well, Brian Kelly's brand new accented team. As yeah, you, you know, they, he changed. He completely changed his what he's ready to go. The I LSU still has NFL type prospects. They still have LSU commits as a team. They're kind of a mess right now, but they still have the players. They're still significantly better than Kansas State, even though they've been a travesty this year. Look, run the LSU ball. standards. LSU just run the ball. That's all you got to do. You'll be fine. Uh, Gus Johnson Jr. I believe his name is. Is their quarterback still? He knows he's entering the transfer portal, but I believe he's still playing quarterback through the bowl game. So we'll see what he's able to do. But now we get into the fun ones. The Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. This uh, one features Pitt, Pitt versus Michigan State. If you guys missed the beginning of the episode, Kenneth Walker should be in the Heisman Trophy, can, tra, trophy race. He's not, but he is facing a Heisman Trophy finalist in Kenny Pickett in this one, and it looks like we're both going Kenny Pickett. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, Kenneth Walker's amazing, but uh, there's nothing there to help him whatsoever, really. I mean, like that team surrounding him is kind of a mess, and I feel like it's going to literally come down to Kenny Pickett versus Kenneth Walker, and it's hard to go. It's hard for a running back beat a quarterback. It's a really tough ask. So give me Kenny Pickett in this one. I think once again another guy who's going to make make that statement as we head into the NFL draft process, and he might even be walking in this game with a nice Heisman Trophy on his mantle as well. Too, there's a strong case for. But I do think Kenneth Walker is also going to drop like 130 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Like he will not be denied himself. But it's hard to beat a quarterback as a running back when it's so basically a mono v mono battle. Yeah, look, he, the, that Mercedes Benz Superdome, or oh, sorry, Mercedes Benz. Stadium. I don't know what they want to call it anymore. It confuses me now. But in Atlanta, it's going to be a track track race, track meet in there for Kenneth Walker and Kenny Pickett's receivers are going to have a field day against those DBs. So it'll be a whole lot of fun all around. But then on that takes us to the Fiesta Bowl. Notre Dame with Marcus Freeman as their new head coach versus Oklahoma State. And I guess again, no love for the Okie for for Oklahoma State in this one. Yeah, I saw it. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's the ultimate almost. I don't want to say fluky team, but they're all, like they uh, they've been a very beneficiary team through a lot of the bounces this year. And with Marcus Freeman now as the head coach as well, too. I think Notre, we saw how Notre Dame reacted when he they announced him as the head coach. They're going to come out with they're going to come out with their heads on fire. They just missed the playoffs as well, too. I think they're going to put on a statement. I'll, we saw Sanders struggle a little bit with Baylor's defense. Uh, here comes Kyle Hamilton in squad, too. So good luck, everybody else. I think Notre Dame's coming out like they're they're going to make a statement. Unfortunately, we won't get to see Kyle Hamilton. He does have that season ending injury. 
Uh, did not uh, option for the uh, for the surgery that would have gotten him back in time for the playoff for the game for the Fiesta Bowl, but he will be ready for the draft process. Unfortunately, I wish I would, I would love to see Kyle Hamilton at the end of the day. Um, but the Rose Bowl coming up: Ohio State versus Utah. We're split on this one though. You went Ohio State. I went Utah. I just love Ohio. I just love Utah on on, on January first games, and, and when they're on New Year's New Year's Day six games. They seem to just play lights out. Last time, Sugar Bowl against Alabama, beat Alabama that they shouldn't have, and before that, the Fiesta Bowl. So Utah, look out! They're they're a team to team to team to reckon with, and that run game is still scary. Yeah, Ohio State has has three first round receivers, a Heisman Trophy candidate, and a record breaking freshman running back, and some defensive guys getting drafted too. I like Utah. What they they're one of those teams every year. It's like you you root for them every year. I remember a few years ago when they. We're the Pac-12 champions in it with like Julian Blackman, Burgess, and those guys as well too. But if Ohio State comes to play, I there I don't think there's any way Utah's gonna be a hang with them. If they, they it could be a, it has a chance to be a boat race if they're not careful as well too. Utah, while a good defensive team offensively, if Ohio State gets on the board, I think it's gonna turn into I think it's gonna turn into a flood if Ohio State gets going in that first quarter, like they did against Michigan State, for example. Yeah, we'll have to see on that one. I, look, I think this one go either way. You're exactly right. It could get really nasty really fast, and you know if you're a Utah fan. You're not going to enjoy it, but I, I I think Utah would be good enough, and they're playing for something. Look, they have they have pride and they have playing for another person uh, on their mind, and that's that's something that can never be over over oversold. Um, so we'll see in this one. This one January first, obviously the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. Still, I had I had to go the old school logo for this one because everything else just didn't didn't seem to encompass what the Rose Bowl should mean. It should be it should be more than it does now. It should be a playoff game every single year, or the national championship, or something like it needs more steam behind it, or just more playoff games. So the Rose Bowls won every year. We can make the New Year Six all playoff games, but I digress. Yeah, there we go. But that'll take us to the All State Sugar Bowl: Ole Miss versus Baylor, the Fighting Lane Kiffins versus Baylor. And uh, you know, honestly, I was t- actually torn on this one. If I'd have known you were going with Ole Miss, I would have probably gone Baylor myself, uh, just because I, I do like Baylor what they bring to the table. They're competitive and they're a like grinded out team granted lane kiffin's teams do the exact same thing plus there's that guy matt corral yeah you see a theme here with these quarterbacks coming out in the draft process as well to matt corral being one of them who wants to say like hey kenny pickett get out of my way and i can see old i can see him putting on a bit of a sh- if he could put on a decent showing against this baylor defense i think that'll be great for his candidacy and baylor's offense as great as it looked early in that game against oklahoma state it faltered a lot i mean gary bohannon's supposed to be coming back i would imagine at this point too but I just don't know what to expect. Offensively, they do have a weird ability to get stagnant if their run game slows down a little bit, and they really only beat Oklahoma State by less than two, three inches, too. I mean, yeah. my goodness, how it doesn't get much closer than that. So yeah. I like Baylor. They're a really good team, but I'm going to lean towards Ole Miss. And so I think Matt Corral is going to make just a few more plays. No, that's fair. Um, I, you know, I, I just like this game, really. It's, this one will be fun, a fun one top to bottom. Definitely. But that gets us game. into the college football playoff games, the ones we've been, we've been, we've been trying to get to. We get hurried up to get to. They still took forever to get to. So we're going to get right to them. Alabama versus Cincinnati. Alabama, we both seem to think they're going to wipe the floor of Cincinnati. I hope they don't get boat raced. I hope they don't get flooded. I hope they don't get smacked. I hope all of those adjectives do not get put in place. I hope Desmond Ritter keeps it close, but it's, damn, it's really hard to pick Cincinnati. I like Desmond Ritter a lot. They have some players. They deserve to be here. But after what Alabama did to Georgia, I'm like, damn. Unless John Mechie was really the key and him being out is what's going to give Cincinnati a shot, it's, it's hard to pick against them right now. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I mean, if Cincinnati was going against either one of these other two teams, I think they're competitive. Uh, I just, Alabama, man. 
I, it scares me. It scares me in this one. So unless they unless they can somehow can do an Auburn defensive game plan and really frustrate Bryce Young and don't let him get comfortable and get after him, then you have a shot. But if you, Bryce Young's allowed to throw darts, nobody in the country's beating that team. If Bryce Young can chill and throw darts, no, that's so true. But that'll take us into the Orange Bowl. So we both have Bama going into the championship game, and who will they face? It's a split. DJ, you have Michigan going against in, in this one in the Orange Bowl. I have Georgia winning, so we'll start with you. Michigan, you think Jim Harbaugh has enough? I think they have a really good running game as well, too. Hayden Haskins, Corm, I think they have a strong offensive line. I think their defense is going to absolutely harass if it is Stetson Bennett. He's going to be – it's going to look like what against Alabama where he just looked off. He looked a little incomplete. It looked like either he was told not to scramble or he was scared to scramble. It just looked a little bit odd. And if he does scramble, Aiden Hutchinson will chase him down. Ojabu will chase him down. John Ross, those guys will chase him down. The running backs – I don't Michigan's run defense minus that Kenneth Walker game has been pretty good throughout the season. I think they'll make life a little bit difficult and on offense. It's going to be terrible for both teams. Like I, I Michigan's going to have a tough time moving the ball in Georgia, but the secondary for Georgia, I think got a little bit not exposed, but there are holes in it. You just have to hold up up front and Michigan does have a decent enough offensive line and tight ends that could do that as well too. So I think it's ugly. I think it's, miserable honestly and this could be the type of game where georgia's looking ahead to alabama again they're thinking oh we want redemption and alabama's game will already be done by this point so they will know they'll be thinking ahead and you never know they might be trying to correct things for when they play alabama and forget about the task in front of them yeah no i'm look I, that's all valid points i you know i look at this as this is whatever happened against alabama was just a myth <laughs> it's like it literally just never happened i don't i'm just gonna pretend it didn't happen because that was so crazy I look for Nicobe Dean to have himself an absolutely fantastic game. Him and Nolan Smith off the edges, I, I, look, I think they're going to be absolutely terrifying. And look for James Cook, Dalvin Cook's little brother, to absolutely go off. No matter who's quarterback, I wouldn't be surprised to see JT Daniel out there, to be completely honest with you. Um, I do think you can take advantage of this Michigan secondary with passing, and you know it, it's a, absolutely an opportunity for JT Daniel to go out there and showcase himself. I would be so I look for worried. Georgia. I'd be more worried about them if I was a Michigan fan, if JT Daniels was playing the Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett, while effective throughout the season, he is an athlete. I think JT Daniels is a better, more talented, more gifted quarterback, and I think you'll win more games with JT Daniels. It feels like the the Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm type of thing as well, too. Sure, Stetson Bennett, Jake Fromm, it's all fine and dandy. Why fix it ain't broken? But the other guy gives you a little more gangster, a little bit more extra something to win games. Same thing with Justin Fields and Jake Fromm. Like, the other guy will win you games where the current guy just won't lose you games. Absolutely. So that brings us to the national championship. We have two split choices here, and that is Alabama versus Michigan is what DJ's choice is. I have Alabama versus Georgia in the national championship. And before we get to that, we do have a Brock Bowers is a true monster, especially if JT doubt JT is on the field. And absolutely, one hundred percent, like Brock Bowers, it might be that second best tight end behind Charlie Kolar if he comes out as well too. Like one A, one B. Like I think they're both absolutely sensational. They could both be first round guys very easily. Yeah, and honestly, before. Before we get out of that, Stetson Bennett literally was lighting it up with Bowers consistently. So imagine what JT Daniels could do with him stretching the field as far as he can. Um, but look, the national championship game, we're split. We're not going to give you the answer for who we think is win our, win our individual games. You guys could probably maybe guess what we have in mind, but you probably won't guess it right. Well, I'm almost kind of curious what, we, what you have in mind now. Is that a roll tide smell I hear over there? No, that's not a roll tide smell you hear. Um, oh, so you think Jordan Davis redemption story? I'm just not going to say. I'm going to say wait until the week of January 10th when we give our final predictions for the big game, the the big, big game now. Watch this. Now, neither one of our predictions is going to come true as well, too, at this point. Now, now the big game is going to be in like Cincinnati versus Michigan or Cincinnati versus Georgia or something like that. 
Absolutely. That'd be absolutely hilarious. But that'll take us out. We're actually not going to have much time. We don't have time to get to crunch time. So we're going to shorten this one a little bit. And we have to talk about what we're doing this weekend, DJ. It's good. It should be fun, as you can see on your screen as well, too, if you're watching this live. If not, we will be at a tailgate in Cleveland as well. The Top Dog tailgate is at 890 West Summit. We'll be hanging out on ColorCast. It'll be me, myself, as joined by Kelsey from High, the High Low Sports Guys. And, of course, we'll have Grit Zach from Grand Gallery. And TSS Fantasy Commissioner Cooper will be jumping on to join us. If you are able to go there in person, there'll be beer provided from Brew Dog Brewing Company. As you guys know, if you've seen Dog Brew on a lot of our live casts, there will be Brew Dog beer there as well, some food as well, and of course, the opportunity to win a signed Joe Thomas jersey, arguably a top five to ten offensive lineman all time. The chance to win an autographed jersey, and uh, I know a few people who will be entering that. You'll be able to you'll be able to enter that on social media or in person. Look at this! Look at this! This is this even has a little little uh, Beckett certificate of authenticity. Right there. So, legit Joe Thomas jersey will be up for auction. Uh, well, not so much auction. It'll be giveaway. We'll give say, you all the details. Now an auction now. What, what, I was what, like, what? Yeah, yeah, I guess I shouldn't call it an auction. People might actually try to give us money for this thing. But, uh, no, that's not not the goal. Still we're accepting this, donations. Yeah, we're going to be giving this away to one lucky fan. We're going to either give away through ColorCast or live there in person. We'll give you all the details on how to enter through the internet here coming up in the next couple of days we'll actually have a post coming out on friday for how to do that because we have to have so many days we only can give you so many days because also we have to keep up with all the entries that's the big thing but uh that'll do it for us today you cannot wait for this weekend if you guys are in the cleveland area be sure to show up if you're not jump on ColorCast or maybe just stay tuned on our social media whether weather permitting we may or may not be able to live stream and definitely be sure to check out BrewDog Brewing Company as well, too. A fantastic brewery. Very, very fan, uh, local in, in, in the Columbus, Ohio area as well, too. And definitely some different spots worldwide. So if you get it, or nationwide. So definitely get a chance to give them a look as well, too. High quality beer, even better name. And they're gracious enough to help partner up with us. So why not give them a look? Absolutely, guys. But until next time, as always, we will see you later. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.